Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a ball in, ball out. What up, people? This is Dr. Noble coming back at you with another episode of the Lakers podcast. I was going to say official Lakers podcast, but that, we're that, that would just be incorrect, I guess. We're, we're hoop ball official. <laughs> we're hoop ball official, but we're yeah. not official of the actual Los Angeles Lakers. No, they we? don't know about us yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're as far as we can get from official for the Los Angeles Lakers. We're coming. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I am joined today by Dan Besbris. Hello, and our friend Eli Bauman is not with us, but we have a very special guest. He's a good friend. He's a basketball, just a huge basketball fan, and most importantly, a Laker hater. And that's why we have him on the podcast. Sonny Gill, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's a, I, I'd say it's a pleasure, but I don't know how this is going to go yet. I think it'll go well. It'll go well. Uh, love the NBA. Love basketball. I love what you guys do. Been well, a, thanks. I've been a fan from the beginning. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I consider myself an avid listener, and, uh, but a resident hater. So I'm excited to bring my, uh, my, my takes to this. Well, we were actually talking about how you're, you're going to try to bring this podcast down from the inside by just whispering cuss yeah. words in the background gonna, as we give our opinions. I've changed my plan, though. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys my plan, but I'm, I changed it. Since you guys aren't the official one yet, the official podcast, I'm going to... I'm going to wait till you become the official Lakers podcast. I think I like this. We're going to build him up, get him on the official Lakers podcast. He can torch that one, and right. then we'll move into their seats as the official Lakers podcast. This is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Teamwork. Starts here. <laughs> Teamwork. Oh, by the way, uh, don't anybody listen to this show where we revealed our master plan. <laughs> right, right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we screwed it up. Of already. blowing up the better podcast so that we can take their place. We're coming for you. You have the best name, though. Oh, yeah. Ball in. Ball, ball out. out. Hoop ball. There's three balls. Six words, three balls. <laughs> More balls, the better. That's right. Thanks Matt. for, uh, yeah, we're a hoop ball presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, what, what are the uh, the things, the necessary things we have to say right now? Uh, necessary things. Uh, I am at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Are you? Are either of you guys on social media? Sonny, I'm, you got it. I'm, I'm a lurker. As You're a, a lurker. But as I'm also, uh, I, I'm also a psychiatrist, and so I try to avoid having yeah, handles this is, to get... This is yeah. what Dr. Noble was saying. Yeah. Well, this, this segues into, we wanted your qualifications as, as a Laker hater. Right. What, tell, the, tell our listeners. Okay. Um, so I, as I've mentioned, I love basketball, love the NBA. I was introduced to basketball 
uh, Eric, you know this, so I'll tell you. Uh, I was introduced to basketball, <laughs> 93, 94. Um, but that's when Jordan won his, for, uh, his third championship with the Suns. Immediately, Jordan retired. Had no home as a fan. Went to the Orlando Magic. Loved Penny Hardaway. Loved Shaq. That's a good time. That's a good time. Great times. D-, D. Scott. It was great. Little L- Penny. Little Penny. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. Little, mostly, French, French most, fries. <laughs> mostly Little Penny, actually. Uh, but Shaq left. Yeah. And uh, Eric I pro- and I are well aware of that. I, I processed that like, uh, like any nine-year-old would at that time, which was <laughs> – I felt very hurt. I didn't understand why he didn't want to be in Orlando. I'm not from Orlando, by the way. There's no <laughs> Orlando. I'm from Ohio. But uh, – when he left, I the only way I could process it was anytime I felt hurt at that time, I wanted other people to feel hurt as well. Hmm. So the, the beginning of any yeah. super superhero villain yeah. plot. Yeah. <laughs> I just I knew who I knew that the only joy I would get is if the Lakers fans would be upset. So my new favorite team became any team they were playing. And this went on for years. So you were a Kings fan for a while in there. Yeah. Probably I, a Trailblazers fan for oh, a bit. We're going to get into it. We're, I was, we're going to go deep. <laughs> yeah. I, there's a lot of random teams I've rooted for and random people I've rooted for. Uh, mostly because of that pain when I was eight or oh, nine. Nine, nine years old. <laughs> so, uh, I was telling Eric, you know, we're both psychiatrists and... We know that when you go through a trauma, you get emotionally stunted at that age. In every other phase of my life, I've matured. I don't want sort people... Sort of. Kind of. Um, but in this phase, in terms of basketball love and fandom, uh, it has been stuck at that phase. And I only get joy when other people are upset. I've tried to get my own joy. But as you guys know, rooting against the Lakers doesn't give you a lot of joy. So. Well, lately... Lately. lately, lately, yeah, it's it's been a weird time. Well, I think we'll get to that. We're, we're going to get into that, but so here, here's right, here's the outline where, for today. Yeah, where yeah. are we going? We're going to break down the Suns game. That should take like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we we have some news, I guess, that we have to talk about this Ugh. Lavar Ball Trump fiasco. I wanted to do a deep dive into some Lonzo thoughts, and then you know we're really going to dive into the the Laker hating. Uh, that's the the chunk of it. It's what I'm here for. It's, it's what I'm here for. It's a widely held per. per uh, yeah, I think. Look, I think you guys would. You guys are thoughtful people. You are well rounded. You're open minded. Very and I think, generous. And I think that it'd be good for you guys to get a perspective of the other side. Oh no, I think that that's sort of the plan. We can do like an outline for all of the great divides in the world, like. Democrats, Republicans, right. Israelis, <laughs> Palestinians. It all right. comes down yeah. to Shaq leaving <laughs> and, Orlando. And it's and, you know, exactly. and it's kinda and it's been a little bit sad lately, right? And so I feel like people forget, like the Lakers were the Patriots of the NBA for a long time. There yeah. was a lot of hate and a lot of bandwagons. Yeah. Like right now the Warriors get the bandwagon love, but the OGs are the Lakers on this stuff. I missed so. that time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well let's we let's first dive into the Suns game. Uh Dan what, what Heaven forbid. Break, break it down for me here. I mean, I, you know, it, it was a bad defensive effort. I feel like that's the five-second, right? You said yeah. it was going to take about five seconds. Yeah. They didn't guard anybody. <laughs> when you when you let Especially Alex Devin Lam- Booker. Oh, Devin Booker was really it, good. Who's the I, only person you need to guard on that team. He took 27 shots in that game. Devin they Booker was busy. They have one player, and we just let one. him shoot. Yeah, I you know, he hit some tough shots. I'll give him that. I, I've picked on Devin Booker a lot on my non-Lakers podcast for being kind of an inefficient basketball player, a, a chucker at times. Uh, but he's looked pretty good over the last week or two, and the Lakers caught just another haymaker from Devin Booker who had 33 points in that ball game. 
I, you know, I, Alex I know Lynn. Alex Lynn. A, I don't know if we caught a haymaker from him as much as we just walked. Yeah, into we his walked, fist. Right, walked right into that. <laughs> thing. He was just throwing haymakers, and we walked straight into it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was looking at some of the other like Dragon Bender had three three pointers in that game. Tyler Eulis had fifteen points. The, the Alex Len thing is the one that actually upset me the most because Devin Booker is legitimately a decent basketball player, decent to good, and Alex Len is garbage. Yeah. Alex Len is hot garbage. He's made a career out of getting stuffed directly under the basket right, because but. he's like so tall that he just goes up and he has nowhere to go. Uh, and he had seventeen and eighteen in that game. And that that I I got I got to crush Brooke Lopez, who actually had a pretty good line, but he's got to be better than that. He can't let Alex Len do that crap. There's a, I'll defend the Lakers here. There's a couple of things going into this game. One, uh, they were just embarrassed on Thursday by Houston. They gave up 90 in the first half. I'll give you that, but that speaks to how bad of a, a quality loss it was if we lost to a team coming off a back-to-back. I agree. I, was yeah. just, I was just setting you up. I hate the Lakers. <laughs> Never fall for this. Come on, guys. I'm going to tell you. If I, like, every time I'm I, not falling into this. Okay. Uh, the other one, the other trope, is uh, it's hard to beat a, three, a team three times. That's right? true. That and one I agree with. This was the third time. Somehow Point. three times already, but... I did slip that in at the end of the last uh, show with Eli, where we were basically like counting this one as a win, and I said, "Ah, Phoenix is going to be kind of pissed, because not only did they lose twice, but they lost both times in Phoenix. And things were getting chippy, which brings us to the only interesting point of this game, which was the... The, the fight between KCP and Ulis. So, so. <laughs> Which was basically just a push, and then Josh Jackson steamrolling in from the other side of the basketball court, hair first into that exactly. altercation. Is, it's just silly that two 6 and 10 teams are fighting. Mm-hmm. That's just like two 8 year olds fighting over like the last slice of pizza. It's just sad. That would have been a really good segue into the Lonzo Ball Donald Trump argument. <laughs> two two <laughs> yeah. 6 year olds fighting over a slice of pizza. Right. That's the common theme well, here. So what what was your guys' initial reaction when that happened with the fight? The fight. Yeah. So well the yeah, the most important thing is that Lonzo walked by, turned and saw the fight happening and then just continued to walk toward the bench while all the other Laker players went into the kerfuffle. Right, right. So when I saw that, I was like, I cringed. Mm. Yeah, I right cringed. away, right away. That was my and, initial and, gut reaction. And here's another thing. You guys can always take his opinions as, like, completely honest and valid because he doesn't have Twitter, right? Like, my opinions are 100% shaped by Twitter. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I have a thought yet. Let me check Twitter. Now I know what I feel. Retweet. I'm in. Um, no, but, that was a pure reaction. Yeah, that's so that's real then. How about you? What did you think, Dan? So uh, I, I had actually recorded this part of the game to go put my kid to bed, and I came back and I was watching it on like one and a half speed. So I didn't know exactly how fast right. the whole thing took place. And then I kind of zipped through the uh, Stu Lance talking about what he thought happened part yeah. of the the proceedings. Um, so my initial reaction was, awesome. Let's show some fight in this damn ball game. I didn't even notice the Lonzo ball thing, yeah. actually. So, uh, And that's probably more on me than it is on anything else. But my thought was, the first thing you mentioned, which is, what the hell are these two idiots fighting about? <laughs> right, right. Like, what, what's happening in this game? Like, nobody's playing any defense. You're not getting upset because right, somebody's now, getting up in your business. It's all. It's also always amazing to me when, like, you see someone try harder in the fake fight than, like, on defense. Yeah. Like, you'll see a lot of, like, fake tough guys, like, all of a sudden shuffle their feet. And you're like, well, I, don't, I haven't seen you yeah, that well, all game. That was the one comment that Lonzo made that I liked. He was like, this is the NBA. Ain't nobody going to fight. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm like, nobody really going like, to fight. He's like, I'm not trying to get it technical. But that kind of yeah. is, like, the issue with Lonzo. That's a really like honest response and yeah. from a lot of different players you could take that. 
the problem is he's under this microscope right now and he cut his hair. I feel like he might put a headband on soon. Uh, oh. <laughs> but, Inverse correlation. Yeah. But I don't know. So it was interesting that it happened to him, right? Of all people. It's not a story if it's anyone else. Yeah. But with him. And I, yeah, to me personally in a vacuum, I don't care. Like, I wouldn't care if my teammate did that. But, but I know athletes really care yeah. about that. You have to, like, show that you have each other's backs. Like, yeah. that's part of the brotherhood or whatever. Um, it's straight up dumb, but it is it, it is real. It's it's a real thing, and he dropped the ball. And but you know, uh, he also though maybe so used to his dad making a scene all the time. He's just like, oh, these people are faking it. I can that's just walk true. away. Like he's I can just, that's a really good point. Like he's, he's desensitized. He's instinctively like, this is Clown City. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> like, so is Lonzo Ball secretly the smartest person in the NBA? He's just like <laughs> quietly wandering through life while I'm, while idiots around him are are causing a right. tornado. I'm blown away by his maturity. And this is the one. Like I want to ask you guys, I guess, about Lonzo a little bit. Like because he uh, a lot of hype. And yeah. we know, we know that things are not perfect right now. He's not he's not pulling the full Markel Fultz where he's just disappeared. <laughs> disappeared. Like he's gone Bison Daylay and disappeared. Is it too soon? <laughs> no, Is it too no. soon to make? That, no, I mean, he died. So been, I probably shouldn't have made that joke. Not, but he did. He did vanish at sea. Yeah. I, so hopefully he doesn't change his name. But yeah. Again, then, then we know that it's over. Uh, but so with Lonzo. Where where's your where's your guys's vibe at? Are we like yeah? I want to take a deep dive on this because Lonzo is the first player in a while that I'm finding myself getting like really invested in, really emotional about. Yes, it's funny because he's a night well twenty year old now, <laughs> and why should I, as a thirty five year old man, get really emotionally invested in? We don't ask man. these types of questions. Yeah, on well, yeah. <laughs> that's the wrong that's the wrong kind of deep dive. Um, well, we have two psychiatrists on today's show. I'm yeah, the only person that should not offer an opinion on this. No, well, yeah. So keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, listen, I I think obviously it's way too early. I still think he's going to be really good. The, the things that I'm concerned about with him is, A, is he still going to really love the game? And B, is he going to put in the work that needs to be done to be amazing? Because those are the two most, most important questions right. in my mind. And what I'm afraid of is this experience affecting his love of the game. Right. Um, I could really see that, you know, this is just, this is awful. <laughs> right. No, is there burnout? It's his dad's fault. The whole thing is his dad's yeah, fault. It, it well, is. this is also – I also am going to put it a lot on the Lakers too because you said on another podcast, Dan, that you know we've given the keys of the franchise That's true. to a 19-year-old. He's playing 30, 35 minutes a game. It's just too much. I can't think of another rookie that has had that burden. I mean, if we could do it over, I would ask Luke Walton and Magic whether they would have him come off the bench and play more like 15 to 20 minutes and really try to – to grow him. Yeah, teach him the ropes a little bit. Although, I mean, you know, we don't exactly have other point guard options on this team. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. I think that they, I think they made this decision on Lonzo based a bit on his personality. And they're just kind of like, he can handle it. He can deal with this crap. He's been living in this crazy shadow, this, this LeVar vortex for 20 years. 
throw them into the fire. Let's see what happens. But did uh, they have a plan B for when this would happen? That's yeah. my question. I think did they got to just grind it out. Did they think about it? I think you got to just grind it out. I actually like the way he played in that Phoenix game. Outside of you know not taking his guys back or whatever in the, in the fight, I, I thought he played a, a fairly like kind of quiet but productive game. He played good defense. One of the only guys on the floor actually trying to guard somebody. I didn't. I didn't have any huge issues with him. I, listen, I'm I'm full on Team Lonzo. I, yeah, he's my favorite Laker already. Um, but I think uh, I think it's way too soon. Like I yeah. think it's it's 15 games, and I think that he's gonna he's clearly got like some of those intangible things that uh, really really matter that you can't teach. Like he's got a feel for the game. Uh, he gets the pace of the game. He's a little he's struggling a little bit with like how he should push it versus how like. Change of speeds. Yeah, yeah, change of speeds. But it's been 15 games. Absolutely. Like, I, I and think, rookies stink in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, do. We're, they do. We're at this like scale of where we're comparing him a little bit to Simmons, but Simmons lived the NBA life for a year. He's got a different body, different game. And by say we, I mean everyone who's not a Lakers fan. <laughs> like everyone on NBA Reddit who's just comparing. No, every time Lakers fans do, I think. I think yeah. we do the same thing, because we're especially after that Wednesday game yeah. where we saw Simmons firsthand just dismantle Lonzo and pretty much anybody else that they... I mean, Ben Simmons basically dismantled the Warriors for the better part of three quarters of their next game. Golden State ultimately was just an avalanche. That's but, the interesting comparison, because everyone's... The thing people are worried about with Lonzo is his shot. Ben Simmons doesn't have a shot either, and no. he's completely dominating the game. And I'm actually more hopeful that Lonzo would get a shot more squared away than Ben Simmons. Yeah, Lonzo's actually seen the ball go through the hoop before. Yeah. Like, he, he's got that evidence in his mind. But I think that... Uh, Yep. No, yeah, I, that's it, Asher makes an appearance on it. pretty much every it's podcast. Usually, yeah, it's the hoop ball way. <laughs> Asher is not happy that there's a Lakers hater. Yet. <laughs> Team Lakers, really. He hasn't picked his allegiances yet. I, Dodgers is probably, that's got to be A number one, I yeah. think. Got to make sure. Yeah, and then that, I'll, I'll, deal with, I'll deal with the basketball yeah, thing when yeah, we get yeah. there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I guess overall, I think, uh, I think Lonzo's going to be fine. I think that you just got to give him time. You just hope that he gets comfortable... Uh, with his game, but no. Going back to your question, though, like uh, Dan, I'm interested to hear on your your thoughts about do we do you fear the loss of the love of the game for him in this setting or no? I'm 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 okay with it. I, I think he's fine. I mean, the the he had to be ready for this. He had to know that it was going to be a, a just a chaotic mess and that everybody was going to take every game. And turn it into either the beginning or the end of the universe. Because he had that one game that was just amazing, where he did the type of things that... The Bucks game. Yeah. Very few players can do to have that many steals, blocks, threes, rebounds, assists. Youngest player to ever have a triple-double. The thing I'm kind of drawing back to now in terms of my, my hopeless optimism is, at this point last year, I actually think Lonzo Ball looks better 15 games into his NBA career than Brandon Ingram did a year ago today. Ingram looked... Meaningham even looked lost the first couple of games of this year. Yeah. And suddenly he looks a lot better. He looks a lot more comfortable. These things take time. Absolutely. And Lonzo also has almost no offensive game to speak of. I actually kind of like this. And here's my thought on, on that side of things. And then I'll shut up for a minute. Is I think part of what they're doing here, too, is throwing Lonzo into basically every scenario so they can reveal every weakness. And it's good to know that stuff early because then you have off seasons to address it before the team, hopefully put it in parentheses here on a podcast, hopefully gets some better players in free agency or grows some of these young guys, and then you actually start to care about the results of that. What's up, little man? Uh, 
So I, I like it. I mean, expose him. Expose him for not having a, a finger roll. Expose him for having just the ugliest outside shot I've ever seen. And these, these three-pointers that are like fading. It's like he hit a slice on some of those shots, and they're just clanging off the side of the rim. Oh, man. Uh, but they can fix those things. And what you can't teach are the passes he's making that guys on his team aren't even ready for. They're so good. I really want to know what, the, what his teammates, what people in his ear are saying. I'm really curious about that, what 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 the other players on the squad are saying. Yeah, I mean, I, the, all the preseason talk was about how everyone was, like, loving Lonzo. Like, leadership underneath. I don't know if those are, like, seated stories, or if maybe my knowledge of Lakers is purely your guys' <laughs> podcast, but I don't know. Someone was telling me that. Uh, you know, but I do, I do like, a quick personality evaluation on every NBA player. This is what part of being a psychiatrist yeah, in the NBA down, fan man. is. So the two things I did like in the last week were when he was asked about his haircut, and his response was like, it's just a haircut. And I thought that was great. Like, of course, it's Perfect. just a haircut. That's the answer you want. That's the conclusion you want. Yeah. Uh, and the other one was, I don't. I think it was against the Sixers where he shot a three. Stole, stole it. And stole, then shot, shot another three. Exactly. And I think the second shot was more important than the first shot. Absolutely. Because you agree. have to do that. You have to be like, of course. They like, both missed horribly, horribly. In, in different ways. Yeah. And you cringed on both <laughs> shots. But it was absolutely the right move, well, yeah. and I really like that. I he like shot that it. too. So those two things tell me he's going to be okay. Nice. That's it. I like it. Those, those shots were. Br- <laughs> I was at that game. Those shots were brutal. Was, One of them was like a power fade, <laughs> and the other was a duck hook. <laughs> I didn't even know he could do that. But what, but you're speaking to just he brushes things off, and he's just he's he sticks with it. Yeah, he, he's, he has some confidence, and I think that's why people weren't worried. Like Luke Walton wasn't worried about. Brandon Ingram because he saw that he really loved playing and putting the work in. Right. And I mean, I still think that that's yet to be seen with Lonzo. Yep. Is he? Yeah. I believe. I, I, remain, I do too. I remain hopeful. I, I, I don't I even think. Do too. I don't even think I'd be upset until we got to this point next year, November nineteenth, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. If he doesn't look substantially better, I'll get upset. But this is it. I mean, look at some of the other rookies in the NBA. There, there's like. Ben Simmons, who's a fake rookie because right. he's got the Blake Griffin thing going on. And, and it does. And, Sonny, you mentioned it. It makes a big deal to spend a year in the NBA weightlifting with these guys. I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing to yeah. be able to bulk up like that. Yeah. Um, so let's wipe Ben Simmons off the table and talk about guys like you know, Donovan Mitchell, Dennis Smith Jr., Jason Tatum, the other rookies that are making a name for themselves right now. They all have their own problems. They're just different problems. They're different problems in different settings, right? They're yeah. Pro- like, to anything you do for the Lakers is going to be magnified, especially this year. This is like the first year of hope for a while. So everything he does. And then also those guys' skill sets where they score and they're not terribly efficient. But no, they not score. at all. They're yeah. athletic and they score. Lonzo's skill set never was scoring, right? And so the way that Lonzo stands out will be in like a – team game in which everyone's getting involved everyone's yeah. playing hard and then you can retroactively look back and be like Lonzo was great he's not going to have those plays where like Dennis Smith gets like an alley-oop and it's like they lost by 20 but Dennis Smith can dunk right <laughs> but, but with Lonzo it's very much like if you're going to be on a subpar team no hate but subpar team right a lot of hate uh, but <laughs> just, this just is had my, to drop that this in is my dream uh, uh, so I'm living my dream uh, Wait, so you're saying we're subpar correct right right so what was breaking, like, breaking news breaking news so what but like on this team they're not going to have a ton of games that they win in the style that I think Luke Walton wants to win in and what they have this envisionment in which is where it's like an equal opportunity offense it's the ball is moving they're quick everyone's playing a team game Lonzo's built for that yeah. And if they're gonna, if that's their endpoint, he's the perfect guy for that. But 
in the developmental process, you can play team ball and lose by 20, and then all anyone's going to talk about it, he was three for eight yeah. or something. So I think that like the way to even evaluate him hasn't been fully determined yet. So you're, you're giving us a lot of love here, and, and I appreciate that as we just hear a lot of baby noise. That was, is, I, I should probably describe exactly what, yeah, what, why would I turn everything? I'm not going to, I've cleaned up some of the toys in the room. My wife's yelling at me. I should have turned them off. Uh, I just, I got them out of the way, man. You need a runway to get through a home when there's a baby in here. That was, that was a little frog that it's a plastic frog with its mouth open. And there's a, like a piece of felt stretched over a spring. And when you hit a button, it plays music and the spring bounces and shoots balls everywhere. So that was, that was that toy. It's a sweet one, by the way. It's the official sponsor of this podcast. Highly highly recommended if anybody out there has a one year old. It's, it's, they'll chase those balls all over the place. Ball in, ball out. Hoop ball presentation. Hoop ball presentation. Um, Sonny, you've been very kind and generous and even keeled with your assessment of Lonzo Ball. I want to hear the Laker hater perspective on this young man. First, I want to mention how sweet that hat is. I gotta go. I gotta go see the big three. It was great. And you know who was at the big three? I think we should talk about this before we get into Laker hate. I don't. Okay. I don't but <laughs> but the biggest crowd. So I went to the big three when it was in L.A. and it was the weirdest, most amazing thing of all time because they blocked off the seating uh, at top, so it felt really compact. But it, you just look up and like, oh, it's empty in here. Yeah. But <laughs> like in the front row were all these like pseudo celebs and kind of celebs, but definitely celebrities for the big three. Right. It was like Dwayne Wade sitting next to Ocho Cinco, next to Chris Brown. <laughs> Next to like Oscar De La Hoya, then there was like weirdly some like R and B singer that I was like, just everyone is just so into it. Um, I got a big three hat because of course you got it. I don't know what team it is either. I'm just, but the biggest line and the biggest crowd, of course, was for Lavar. Absolutely, oh, there you and, go. And um, the little one, uh, Lamelo, Liangelo, Lamelo, Lamelo, Lamelo. So th- them two were there, and there was just a line. And I don't know, I feel like you, you guys have to address this as the official, unofficial podcast. <laughs> um, and you have ball three times out of six. So uh, we we have like the biggest uh, kind of WrestleMania matchup of all time coming up because of because <laughs> LeVar and, oh. uh, and Donald Trump. And Donald Trump. I mean, Dan, break this down. Oh, yeah, right. Come on. Yeah, what what happens? Happens? I don't know how. See, the thing about like there's such a stick to sports mentality in the sports world you said you check twitter so you're you're well versed in it and i actually got told i needed to stick to sports once on twitter and that was like the greatest day of the year for me because i got <laughs> oh like, i have people that actually care what i say about sports now yeah. exactly uh well this is they're together now man if you if you wanted to try to stick to sports before you can't because lavar ball uh and donald trump are now exchanging barbs and I guess the story is that Eric, you and Eli covered the Liangelo shoplifting arrest in China. Very briefly. Very br- we didn't really want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like a, on Tuesday, I think you guys yeah, did that show. Yeah. Uh, so the, our, our commander in chief, the orange one, <laughs> oh traveled, traveled the abroad. The president of the United States. Uh, which Unbelievable. W- yeah, un- truly unbelievable. Uh, went to China as part of an, uh, an Asian tour of some kind. And, you know, he put on the traditional garb in every country he went to and you know, the whole song and dance thing. I'm and sure then, they loved it. And apparently did enough to get those three UCLA kids home. So, you know, I'm not going to be one to, to to praise our president unnecessarily, <laughs> right. but he did enough to yeah. get them home. He did like the minimal thing that you should be able right. to do, which is like, please don't arrest these random yeah, people. Yeah, please don't <laughs> arrest our three UCLA yeah, like just, students. Right. We'll pay you for the sunglasses. I have a slight feeling he was just like, they were just like, oh, we'll let him go. And he was like, who? 
and then <laughs> and then took immediate credit for it. Absolutely. But okay. So okay. So the kids came home, which is fine. Bring them home. Uh, and after after the after the fact, uh, he Donald Trump tweeted that the students should thank him and that they. They wouldn't. They're never going to do it. They're never going to thank me, but they should thank me for getting them out of Chinese prison where they were going to have to work for 10 years on a, on a chain gang or whatever goes on out there. Uh, and the kids did. They actually did thank him in their press conference. They said, all three of them. All three of them. Thank you to the president for going and, and getting us released and getting us sent home. And it seemed like everything was calm. The waters had stilled. The boats were no longer <laughs> flopping about. And then LeVar Ball stuck his fat head into the thing and got it all fired up again uh, by saying it really it really wasn't a big deal. I don't I don't have the 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 quote on hand, but it I believe he said it's something like it ain't that big of a deal uh, and basically called out the president. And uh, Donald Trump now has tweeted at LeVar Ball. Uh, of course he has. <laughs> claiming that he thinks it's not a big deal and that he, quote, should have left the kids in jail. Yeah. Just which like- I, I, I just I don't know. So this is my take on it. Yes. This, okay. Psychiatrist, you guys need to hit me with this. This has restored my religious faith because <laughs> this couldn't have been scripted better. It has to be divine intervention. And so I, I now believe there's a God and this God hates us. <laughs> yeah. And he's, this, a vengeful, he's a vengeful God. It was like God was, was sitting there just like, how can we bring together these two ridiculous characters? And it was such a perfect circumstance. Right. You know, like on, when you're on Twitter and you're reading these, just over the last few months, you're reading things, and there's certain times where my brain goes to a certain area where it like, like has to like just even, shut off. Even the kid thinks <laughs> the, kid, this is the kid's ridiculous. The kid's like, please stop talking about this. But my brain has to shut off, and it does it for two people. Anytime I hear about Trump, anytime I hear about Levar Ball, so like I made the connection. Like they have to like interact at some point. I'm yeah. actually surprised it took this long, but we're here now, and I'm like, you got called. Levar got called up by Trump on his Twitter feed, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's left. I don't know what, where else we could go. Oh, this me. isn't, this isn't disappearing. No, he, you this can is, be sure of that. What a, what a win for Levar too. Oh, like man. such yeah. a Genius. win. He was like, he saw that whole opportunity. He's like, what? A, he, he thought he blew it. He's like, <laughs> like for three days, he's like, oh my god, I missed it, and now. Now the like, big baller brand is so going to money for him. Is like weirdly might become like a political thing, and I really hope it doesn't go that way. Where it's like, no, but that would be that would be perfect for that, him. That hit, that, he that would love goal. it. Yeah, he would try to figure out a way to make his brand like an anti-Trump thing, right. and then that I mean that it, it, that would do far better for him than making it just like a joke brand in the right. NBA. You know, these stories remind me of of. And they make me really nostalgic for the 90s. We had so many ridiculous storylines in the 90s, like Nancy Kerrigan, O.J. Simpson, Lorena Bobbitt. Like, so many just unfathomable, like, ridiculous things. The thing was, those were unimportant. Those didn't, like, have national import of, like, our health and safety. This does. These are as ridiculous characters as those 90s things, but it actually matters. You're right. The Lorena Bobbitt story had almost no impact on my life whatsoever. She chopped chopped his dick off. (laughs) That was the beginning and the end of the story. That's that's not relevant? No. (laughs) It made me fear women for many years. (laughs) Keep them them away from knives. We get weird Still on this do. show. Still do. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> I go to dark places. Okay. Um, but yeah, okay. So you asked me about Lakers. Let's move off from this. Yeah. We've, we've spent enough on yeah, that. I don't want to well, like, 
Well, there's nothing that we can say, right? Yeah. The three of there's us. There's nothing other than, intelligent like, to say about it because it's not an intelligent. No, topic. it's two. It's two. It's two blowhards that are just blowing real hard in each other's faces, <laughs> blowing each other real it was, hard. It had to happen. It had to happen. Yeah, and it's gonna keep going. Maybe, so get maybe, ready to talk maybe, about it again. Maybe Lavar's are, you know, the hero we never wanted. So <laughs> he's, we'll the see. Dark, he's the Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to add about that. So let's go to Laker hating. Um, okay. I'm excited for this segment. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that before you get it going. What are you excited about, Dan? I just I, I, I think that this is gonna be something we can utilize many times on ball in, ball out, and I'm I'm just really excited to get it going. Beautiful. Okay. Oh so I I have different ways that I wanted to segue into this. I've been preparing um, my whole life for this. Se- segues are overrated. <laughs> yeah. Head well, first dive, that's the way to go. So I was looking up I was trying to get ideas for this segment, so I Googled Laker hater. <laughs> <laughs> and then an urban dictionary link came up with a definition for Laker hater. Let's hear it. Oh, okay. Let's um, hear it. I'll start off with the more reasonable one first. Okay. okay. It's someone who despises the lo- the Lakers and would be just as happy watching them lose as they would to actually win themselves. That's definition one. A little grammatically. Check. Ridiculous. I was going to say, Sonny, is that, does that fall Check. into the... Check. Okay. And here's my more preferred one. Laker hater. A person who thinks they're down, special, and cool just because they hate the Lakers. <laughs> Usually jumps to and sells out to different teams that have a better chance of beating the Lakers. Check. I'm, I, have, I have no problem being both of those people at the same time. I definitely think I'm down, cool, or whatever weird adjective they use. Uh, and I definitely will sell out. And I will tell you, um, you asked me a question about what were my uh, top three yeah. uh, least favorite moments or most painful moments as a Laker hater. I already explained how I became a Laker hater, but... Um, <laughs> it's a good story, by the yeah, way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so dark. Uh, but there's there's so many moments. So It's a rich history. It's a rich history. So, like, my most heartbreaking moments... Um, I think I would start uh we'll go backward go 3. Okay, start uh, yeah, count. So this one's not this one's not too crazy but it was uh game 7 mm-hmm. against Boston in the in the 2010 finals, the 11 the the one that you guys won. Yeah. yeah. The rubber match that never was. Two thousand ten. Right. Yeah. So um Kobe goes 6 for 24. Mm. Uh and they, they, <laughs> and the announcers. I first of all, I get like I hate the Celtics. I do not like the Celtics. But I, by the powers that be, by your urban, uh, <laughs> your definition of this, you were rooting de- for them. You I was. Ha- you so, had to find some way to root for. Yeah, that team. I convinced myself that I liked Ray Allen. I convinced myself that KG was just intense and not a psychopath. I, yeah. I convinced myself that Paul Pierce was really tough for coming back in the wheelchair situation. I did Those a lot. Those were of a things. lot of mental leaps. To a lot get of to, leaps, to, to, and I was just like, "All right, we're here." And it was actually Dan. It was funny. Is the day before I moved to LA. This is. It was. I. It was in just June. graduated med school. Just graduated med school. I was going to do residency out here in LA, and I was like, "Well, this will be great. Uh, <laughs> this will be great to go." And I was rooting so hard, and Kobe kept missing. And Kobe had a feeling of inevitability about him as someone who rooted against him. It was just like it's going to work out. Always Kobe. works out. I never feared. No. This will tie back into <laughs> moment number one. But uh, I've so, forgot. I've actually forgotten any game where he shot like sub twenty five. Yeah. So I remember. And there's plenty of them. I remember the six. I think six for twenty four. Right. That was the yes, number. Yeah. Something. Let's all to say it together. Six for twenty four. And so he. Uh, you son of a. He. So he. <laughs> he. 
doesn't have a great game, and then the commentators just doing what they have to do to salvage this like really ugly, tense game seven. Really intense, but like not the best game of basketball. No, it was not pretty. They start talking about his rebounds and his hustling. I was like, I was never worried that Kobe didn't hustle. Like I don't. You need to convince me that Kobe hustles, and they're gonna lose the game. And then our boy Meta. Meta. Meta Meta hits the three and the Lakers win that championship. And that one like really was like a weird sucker punch. Like and who who won the MVP? Kobe Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) And it should have been Pau Gasol. Like it kind of should have been Pau Gasol, but 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 you knew it never would be. Never. This is Pau Gasol we're talking about here. (laughs) But they did. Yeah, they did that to Curry. Superstar. They did that to Curry. They gave it to Iggy when it very clearly should have been Curry in the first one. So. We'll see. Anyway. Oh, I wish I would have put that prop bet down. Because yeah. as soon as they announced Iguodala was moving into the starting five, it was it was like, yeah, you got to do something. Degenerate Eli would agree with. <laughs> yeah. right. So uh, that was a tough one. And that one's a tough one mostly because uh, the where I'd been before. Right? That one I really didn't care about, but it still hurt. Yeah. Like, it hurt in a weird way. It just threw salt into the Yeah, wounds. it was like, I re- like, then I, like, you know, like, I came to, and I was like, God, I I hate I hate Kevin Garnett. I hate Paul Pierce. Yeah. And I was like, I was rooting for these, like Rayshon Rondo. Like, what am I doing here? And so I was like, what? I just had to just deal with a lot of reality after but that. But from the earlier wounds. The earlier wounds. Number two, um, Blazers, game seven. Mm. Mm, yep, there's that noise. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, that, yes. That's the Sebus. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, ESPN Deporte sound. <laughs> so this is one of the first teams I fell in love with <laughs> as a concept. Sound, yeah. I need to get a soundboard for yeah. this podcast. That <laughs> occurs to me. I really need to get just get that noise queued up. Perfect. Uh, Please God. continue. My I, I envisioned all of LA making that noise too at that time. So this is the we first. Did. This is the first con- uh, the consequence of the first team I fell in love with after, like just knowing that I hated the Lakers. There was a lot of reasons. They had the Scottie Pippen effect. I loved Damon Sotomayor. Loved Sheets. They were a dope team. Loved Sabonis. Yeah, that's a good choice of word yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So there was a lot. that, And I, and I was just like, oh, this is going to happen. You know, I convinced myself that I – and it wasn't as hard as, like, convincing myself with the Celtics. I actually liked them, you know. And so game seven, man, that alley-oop to, to Shaq where he's does the double point to Kobe, which is probably, like, the, the closest iconic. moment. <laughs> probably the closest they've ever been. Was in yeah, that moment. Absolutely, it was magical. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was a it, tough one. It was also that was our first championship. So we didn't have that. That I didn't have watching that 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 air of invincibility. Like that was we were all on the the edge of our seats watching. Yeah. Because we didn't. We had just lost the spur. Um, the Jazz two years in a row. We didn't know that we were just gonna always pull it out. I was at some weird party. Uh, it was like a weird uh, family friend thing, and I was outside, and they were making me do things I didn't want to do. I mean, I, I was like still a kid basically at that point, but yeah. I remember looking like through a screen door, watching the television on that ball game. I'm hoping that the third. I think I know where you're going with the third one. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Well, just the, the one thing. You're, that's a great point. That was the one where I think the rest of the league knew that like the two best players were on the same team yeah. but that like alley-oop kind of represented the moment when it was like oh it's happening it like it's it. here and the other team couldn't do anything about it uh and i think brian shaw banked in a three there was one of those oh, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he it, it, it had all the it had all the like <laughs> recipe like all the ingredients of like the perfect recipe of like a terrible lakers experience for me that that actually is one of my biggest regret, regrets as a sports fan is that i did not go to that game. I had the opportunity. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. This stinks. And you might relish this as a <laughs> <laughs> um, give me anything right yeah. now. Man. You guys are going no. you guys are going deep in the wounds. Like Dan, <laughs> we're prying them open. Yeah, oh my God. No, Josh, our good friend Josh from high school had tickets. Oh. He had four tickets. 
he invited me. I but I had a father son golf tournament that <laughs> same day, and I love my dad, uh-huh. and I want to play. So I mean, it's it's hard to to hate myself too much for not going. But yeah, you're good. But son. that was a a blissful moment. I remember them. Eli and Josh, them all, like they hugged Rob Reiner after the game in the hallway. <laughs> Everyone was just in euphoria, and out in the hallway, they they hugged just like random people. Uh, yeah, that, oh man. Okay, so let's go to number one. So number one, I think this is pretty clear to anyone who's been a Laker hater. Um, so after little little background, so after Portland lost, they kind of disbanded and completely fell apart. Yeah. Um, and it natural next landing spot as someone who was just jumping from team to team was the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. And the early Kings day, uh, Kings days with white chocolate. But when I really, I really had a special love for Chris Weber cause I'm oh. a big Michigan fan. So there was like this love for Chris Weber. And then I really loved Mike Bibby in Arizona in college. So there was like all these, I was like, this Kermit? is great. Oh, Kermit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they were a fun team. They were, a fun, they played a style that oh. probably would, Still work today, right? Yeah, yeah. That was kind of like a weird, That's almost a right. like a gateway team. To That's right. Peja just firing away from. Yeah, downtown. and your big guy can pass. So Vlade. like Vlade could pass. Um, Doug Christie was just—he was a tough one. But, Constipated. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Christie like earned my respect when he punched Rick Fox in the face, though. But like one of the weakest punches of all time. It just was just like an uppercut that just ended. Uh, but uh, like, yeah, Rick's you gotta follow Fox, through. Rick Fox, glorious chin, didn't move whatsoever. No. <laughs> so, um, but that it's a, whole—it's a that, powerful chin, though. That oh. Rick Fox, Rick Fox, making him swoon since I don't know, nineteen seventy something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that whole series, uh, very specifically, one like game six, Robert yeah. Ory for the win. Oh my lord! So this I play, Marv Albert just wait, looping. What, what happened? Yeah, is, is Marv Albert <laughs> looping in your head right now? Robert Ory for the win. Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, man! So I was. You should see Sonny's face right oh now. My just God. Despondent. Yeah. Despair. Yeah. Total despair. I uh, I was about two him. feet two feet away from the TV, uh, and I knew. That, like, you got to win this game. You have the opportunity to win this game. You're playing the Lakers. Things feel really inevitable about the Lakers. Um, And the possession started out with, I believe, you correct me if I'm wrong, um, I think Kobe, either, I think Kobe missed the first shot. Yeah. And I was like, we dodged, we dodged a bullet. Yeah. Kobe missed the shot. Shaq got the rebound. He missed a shot. Yeah. And then it got tipped out by our, the, by a king. By a king. Vladi tipped it out in stride. I kid you not, Dan. Right into his pocket. Yep. I turned around. <laughs> I watch. turned around. No, it was just like a king's fail. I turned around, and I managed to turn right back around to watch it go in. So I, so I turned around, and I was like, oh, my God. And then it went in, and I was – that was it. I knew, like – I convinced myself like Bibby had the game five jump shot. Yeah, I was like, "We, there's a chance still." You can hear me say "we." You can see can wheeze here. I can, I can <laughs> the, trans- the, the proverbial "we" for I can, Laker trans- haters. I can transport myself into any of these teams and become a "we" as uh, part of the Urban Dictionary. Yeah, definition. so uh, that was very clearly. I I told Eric I stopped playing basketball for like three months after that series it in the summer. You. I was it was it was crushing. All right, we need to take it easy on you now. Give us your three top. I'm- Best moments okay. as a, in Laker hater just, history. Oh, uh, go ahead. Dan. I'm jumping in. I'm actually watching that oh play. I'm watching a YouTube of that play. Kobe uh, layup, uh, right wing attack. No, Shaq put back. No, and then it was yes. Yeah. A Vladi <laughs> sweeping 
Vladdy may have even gotten a piece of the Shaq putback effort, but yeah, right into Rob Roy. What are the DSM symptoms of PTSD, hypervigilance, <laughs> re-experiencing? Sonny's going through all of that right now. Have you now. been robo-tripping lately? Yeah. <laughs> Eric taught us what that was. Uh, yeah, so I don't need to see that video. I, uh, I'm sure I can put it I, on again. I have, a plague. I have a plague in my head. That was, And that was really heartbreaking. So, this is, so they started out with hate when Shaq left, yeah. and I hated Lakers, and then it was heartbreak. Right, right, because then it was like I actually did get emotionally attached to the teams. It wasn't just like I need, and I was like, oh, I, like I have a Bibby and I have a Weber jersey, right? And at the big three, Bibby made a game winner, and I was like, this is my championship. <laughs> like I see, he had a game winner at the big three. I was like, we did it. <laughs> like, it was at Staples. I was like, things are coming together finally. Correct. Wait, Mike, Mike Bibby is in the big three. Yeah, and he's, he's the best player. He's the best far. player. Like, he's just better than because he probably cares more than yeah. He's. He's weird. Like but I Ken, like him. Isn't Kenyon Martin like one of the founders of the big three? Uh, yeah, Kenyon Martin's part up there. Stephen Jackson is Captain part of Jack. This. Captain Jack's part of it. Do you know who's going to play next year? Is Meta? Meta. Meta is so perfect for the big three, and, he, and he's joining Stephen Jackson's team. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> one of the, one of the better moments of the big three was Charles Oakley and Al Harrington getting flagrant against each other at the same time <laughs> they were like so into it and i was like is this like that scene in time cop where the future time right. cop touches the the past time cop and they blend into like a weird pink goo exactly okay perfect analogy Thank yeah. you. <laughs> all, right, all right so we want to get into some top moments yeah, of, you... of laker hater history you know when I'll, were you redeemed this is when you get to crush us i'll go a quicker bit. i'll go quicker on this um, no that's okay we're good okay eric and i can handle it. we're big so, boys uh <laughs> We have we've we've had our beers. We're Be- good because of the Rashid uh, love. The Pistons championship was one of uh, was a is this three two or one? Uh, oh, though this is the the most recent one. This okay. is the the one with uh, no no the, the rank of this. Is... Oh, this is number three. Number okay. three. I thought okay. So um, that one was I didn't my love for the teams that were playing the Lakers. I couldn't love again. For these yeah. other teams, I just rooted for them, but like I was stuck with the Kings for a while. Like right. it was like I couldn't get emotionally invested, but there was joy to be had with Rasheed Wallace. Uh, there was joy to be had with a team that was like playing pretty good basketball, team basketball, and then watching the Lakers fans try to defend it. Like there's just a level like we have Gary Payton, we have Carl Malone, and it was like this is the 2004 Finals. Yeah, and you, and you guys kind of fallen apart a little. Like the yeah. Kobe Shaq stuff had come surfing. It was the most the... ridiculous year in <laughs> yeah. in NBA history. Yeah. So, so it it would have been nice if the Lakers lost one of those prime seasons, but this still felt good because the Pistons just outplayed them. Like yeah. the Lakers had more talent for sure, but the Pistons were just like just in had a more group. heart. Yeah, uh, that was pretty rewarding. But it wasn't my team, so I was like, yeah. And then. Um, this Number one, Dan. Two. This one, Dan. I think I'm, I'm interested to see what you feel about this one. Is uh, the Andrew Bynum clothesline of oh. JJ Barea? I don't like JJ Barea. So this was such a win-win to watch him <laughs> fall, but just to see like that, like really represented to me, like the end of like a that certain Lakers phase of Lakers, like yeah. Lakers success because you're losing to the Mavs. We got crushed by that. Team. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, that was after we had won the two championships, playing the Mavs in the finals, and they just crushed us. The yeah. Mavs were... They went they, on to win. Yeah, they yeah. they got... That was a weird... There was such a weird team, Dallas, yeah. that year. They managed to win with Dirk Nowitzki as, as a traffic cone yeah. on defense, which, by the way, kudos to Tyson Chandler, who's 
still out there trying to do stuff for Phoenix these days. But yeah. like he single handedly, yeah, that was amazing. His defense yeah. was unbelievable. That that whole team was really weird. But like it, that moment was great for me. It was a glorious Frickin moment for Laker hating. Yeah. Freaking JJ Barea. Yeah, because it was like because you just saw Bynum and then like weirdly trying to see some Lakers fans defend Bynum, but. Also internally, no. You guys all need like this is this is no, yeah. We were thrilled when we got out from under that dude. Yeah. How in the world did we convince another team to take Andrew but, Bynum? Uh, but that game, we got blown out by like thirty. There was yeah. no yeah, exactly. second in it that game. It was like the only sign close. of defeat. And to watch oh. a Kobe Bryant team have that disposition was really rewarding. Um, and then he didn't he take it out on all his teammates too. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> threw <laughs> they, the blame out on all of them. They probably deserved it. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, I think. Uh, I think it's it's Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson, and this is so how sad it is being a Laker hater. Is that, thinking, is that it was huh? like it was like an NBA? You guys had like the best record in the playoffs ever. 15, or yeah, we were 15 twelve and, one, and zero going yeah. into it. It was, was two thousand one championship. Yeah, and it was just Allen Iverson, just because Tyrone Lue just. Not not a fan. And, like, the commentators were just like, oh, he mimics Allen Iverson in the practices. I was like, come on, just because he's small. I was just not about it. And then he crossed him Game up. Game one of the 2001 yeah, championship. Yeah, exactly. So he crossed him up, made a jumper in front of the Lakers bench, stepped over him, and then looked back down at him and at the Lakers bench. And I think he, like, really uh, encapsulated every single person that hated the Lakers, that knew the Lakers were going to win. I don't think Allen Iverson thought that they were going to win the series. But he was like, this is our moment. So, that was great. Sonny, this is exactly why you hate us, because I was at that game, <laughs> and I don't even remember that yeah, moment. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> and I God. know that's going to infuriate oh you. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, anyway, that is uh, that was probably one of the better ones. There's some other ones, like I became a pretty big supporter of the Thunder, and so Lakers-Thunder matchups in the playoffs were always fun, because you guys were kind of done. They had our number, yeah. yeah well, it was one-to-one -one that we beat them the first time. You beat them the first one with a meta putback. Yeah. The meta mm. offensive rebound. I always back. felt like the Thunder really should have won all of those things. Yeah. Shouldn't that, they have? That was the first one. They were young. But they were still really young. It was like 20. Was like the, no, but those guys were good. Yeah. yeah. And so then th those are other joyous moments, but very few and uh, far in between. So I blame Scott Brooks for that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, that. Not a very good That's a different coach. podcast, man. I, I, you don't have enough beer at this place for me to, <laughs> for me to handle these Are you a Washington Wizards fan now? No. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. So we've kind of gone through a little bit of the history of Laker hating. Bring us, transition us more to the present and how the Lake, your Laker hating has transformed. Um, okay. I, I will always hate them because, like I said, I'm emotionally stunted when it comes to NBA fandom. Like, I can't get a lot of joy out of any Lakers joy. Just the colors. You hate the colors. I hate the colors. I hate... Uh, I will tell you what I hate exactly. I hate the entitlement. Uh, there's Lakers fandom entitlement. Uh, what are you talking about? Yeah. Lakers, <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, what, LA, yeah, what do you LA, mean? We're, we're going to win a championship next year. Yeah. That's just when it happens. Well, it's hard to have this conversation, Dan, at this table because you guys are quite reasonable. But I'm going to just play the part here because most we need Lakers Eli fans, here. Yeah, yeah. A little more yeah. Here. I'm going to pretend it. that I see Eli's face in front of me. <laughs> and, uh, so one is there is an entitlement within LA, obviously, which is like, when they're winning, it's like, of course, of course, we're gonna win. Like, Damn right. Yeah, like, yeah. I was never scared. Yes. We were always better. Um, Sacramento Queens, right? Like, there's a lot of things that go on. Yeah, that, but then when you that stuff was tolerable back then. When you lose, <laughs> that's a new that didn't hold up over time. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when you lose, there's a level of like, eh, I was outside. It was sunny. I was at some party. I didn't really care. Do you watch the game? You watch basketball? I like, feel like he's calling us out for the podcast we did with that nice white wine on the on the balcony. Right. 
so there was a level of like uh, I don't. I don't. You guys aren't fully committed, but then you are committed. So it's when weird. we win, we're really committed, and yeah. when we lose, we mm-hmm. doesn't burn and that that's, much. And that's, Magic of LA, and that's what made you guys the Patriots of the NBA for a long time. Um, and then, yeah, but the, at least it's cold there. Yes, yeah, yeah we got it. They're good. suffering um, in some way, but uh, then the Kobe fandom, the Kobe fandom was tough um, yeah. because it was this ultimate defense of Kobe. But it's transitioned lately because uh, now the Lakers are sad. <laughs> and I realized I'm I prefer them to be good. It's more fun for me when I can root against them meaningfully. Like I want Lonzo to do well. I want you guys to be right about Kuzma. Like because I, that provides more good hating opportunity. Yeah, let's reference Urban Dictionary again. Like it's more fun for me for you guys to lose when you care. Like now if they lose, it's like, well, it was the Suns on a Friday. Yeah, we yeah. expected to lose. Yeah. This so, was what I told Sonny. The beginning of last year, the 2016 season, I was like, "We're so bad, haters can't even hate." Right. <laughs> so I, this is yeah, I would love for you guys to get relevant again. I and I think it's going to take a player and like a belief. And I think you guys have pieces, right? Ingram, yeah, Kuzma, Lonzo. I don't think. I mean, LeBron. I feel, LeBron, <laughs> right? And that, oh, that's the third one. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I was trying to transition, but is this the, the like? Well, they're going to come. Like, if we build it, they're going to yeah, come. Everyone's going to come. We're going to believe every time that we walk down this damn road. Yeah. We're going to believe. I, so, as a Thunder supporter, I think Paul George is coming to the Lakers. Like, yeah. I agree. He yeah. still said yeah. nothing to dissuade anyone yeah. from that. No, he was like, he, I want to go to the Lakers. Yeah. The Thunder were like, come on. Hang out. You're right. gonna. It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. He's like, nah, I'm going to go to the Lakers. Like, play with Russ. He's like, I'm having fun. It's fine. But yeah. I'm going to go to the Lakers. I don't know if, I don't know about LeBron. I don't, do you guys think he's coming here? Uh, I don't think so. He might go to Philly. I would, yeah, that would that would make a lot more sense. Wow, wow, that would be imagine? insane. My, my, mind blown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like Houston. Oh, I feel like Houston's with doing things. Paul and Harden. Well, because I think Paul's there already, and I think there's they, a little bit. They of, are boys. They yeah, there are there are yeah. boys, and I think that he could kind of just go in there and be annoying, just like the rest of them. So I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's coming here. But I think we're getting George. I like the fact that we've now stopped thinking that he's coming here because that, to me, is an indication that the odds are going up. Because <laughs> I don't think he's coming to L.A. If everybody's like, "Oh, LeBron's going to L.A.," right. that's where LeBron wants to go. He's got his kids there. This yeah. is the, this is inevitable. Yeah. But as soon as we're like, ah, "LeBron's going to go to Houston or Philly or Charlotte," yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> he can go pl- team up with you're Dwight speaking Howard. Speaking to LeBron's kind of personality, he that's wants right. to. Yeah. He wants to do the thing that either makes him the hero or the villain. He yeah. wants to surprise people. I I always go back to the same moment, and I don't remember what year it was because I think I was an undergrad. And so they all sort of blur together into a Berkeley purple haze. But it was a dunk contest at, at All-Star Weekend. And guys were doing some ridiculous stuff. It might have been the year that Dwight Howard put his sticker on the backboard. And they went up to LeBron on the sidelines. And they were like, LeBron, what do you think about this dunk contest? And he was like, I'm going to do it next year. He never did right. it. Yeah, right. yeah. That scumbag. He never did it. Yeah. But he needed the story to be about him. It yeah. always has to be about LeBron. And you know what? If if that's about him coming to L.A., I'm okay with that. <laughs> there's, yeah, I, there's a chance, right? I think the Knicks are a chance, too. But I really hope for uh, Porzingis that doesn't happen. I don't, I don't want Porzingis to have any of the LeBron yeah. pressure of that. Oh, he'd get totally Paugasold in that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that that's a new verb. I think yeah. we, we kind of have to. Right? Like we, we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's the shrug. Yeah, it's a shrug. It's, it's, a a shrug. Shrug. Exactly. it's like I've never committed a foul ever. <laughs> and Kobe, just like talk to him if you yeah. want. Yeah. You want my opinion on something? Talk to Kobe. Yeah. Well, yeah. I so, forgot what we were talking. No, about. No, I mean, I guess my last my last thing to you guys is uh, I know the one 
kryptonite. I can come on this podcast and talk about all these glorious memories of being a Laker hater. You are not phased. You don't care at all. Uh, the only way to get under the skin of a Lakers fan is to talk about the Boston Celtics. Mm. You're absolutely right. So, so how dare how, you? How do we feel Whoop. about how Boston and the Lakers uh, went from rebuilding from that final championship matchup? Right. They I were, just, they, I feel the knife diving into <laughs> me, just just turning left and right the wounds. That that's just mean to me. I blame Russia. And. I, and I know that that seems like a ridiculous and sort of weird thing to, to tie us to here and bring us full circle on, on LeVar and Donald Trump. But if Russian oligarchs hadn't purchased the Brooklyn Nets wow. and traded every draft pick to the Boston Celtics, the Lakers' rebuild would be ahead of Boston. Russian tampering, a, Dan. That, that is, is a great theory. point. That is a great point. It's Russia, man. It, that's, the Brooklyn Nets made some of the dumbest moves in the history of the NBA. They're like... Give me your three oldest goats, and we'll give you the future. Yeah, every pick ever. Every pick ever. They're still giving them picks. Yeah. Boston's still just wheeling and dealing and with like a decade. they can't even tank still. They just don't oh have picks. Gosh. They can't even tank, so no. they're just stuck with like nobody. Just bad. Yeah. They're bad, and there's no reason to be bad. This is why comparing the Celtics to the Lakers right now really hurts, because Danny Ainge is the mastermind of all this. And he's just one of the most hated figures in this rivalry I hate him. history. I hate him. I, I don't think anyone likes him, but no. particularly yeah, the Celtics Lakers. Yeah. And now that he's just he hasn't made a wrong move. Yeah. He just looks like such this a genius draft with all too, this. Right? Oh my like, gosh. Markel Picking Markel Tatum. is missing. Yeah, he traded that pick. Lonzo, oh. Ended up with the better player oh. seemingly. Yeah, Although then, there's a long way to go with Markel Fultz. Yeah, there's a long way to go. And I think that like it's a winning situation. And I heard, Dan, I heard you and Eli talking about this last time about the belief in Luke, right? Because Brad Stevens is clearly the reason the Celtics are good, yeah. right? We can all, it's not Kyrie didn't become a new person. I don't believe this. Like, it's Brad Stevens. There's a toughness yeah, that he's a, instilled in Yeah, these that, like, like Kelly Olynyk became a villain under yeah. Brad Stevens. Kelly Olynyk is useless. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's like, it's not, you don't have to win now if you're the Lakers, but if in a few years when you're relevant and as Dan was saying, the expectations are uh, they're actually appropriately matched to the talent on the floor is Luke Walton, the guy um, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, you heard me on the last show. Yeah. I, I still think that what he does is what a lot of the modern NBA coaching requires. You Gotta need be to friends. be able, yeah. it's like the, it's like the Joe Torre uh, baseball mold from the Yankees dynasty years is he didn't really have to push that many buttons with that team, but he had to make sure that all those clowns got along. And that's what you need to be able to do. It's ego-driven. And I think Luke yeah. Walton handles egos really well. Yeah, yeah, I believe in Luke. I think he's I think he's a smart guy. Uh, I've heard him on a few different podcasts. I think he has a good feel to him. Hey, what's the score of the Denver game? Ooh. Are we going right now? I think it just <laughs> tipped. I think we're like two minutes in. Where, where is that? Is that in Denver? Or? So, as a Laker hater, do you want to make a prediction for this game? The uh, um, game starts in a half hour. Oh, game starts in a half hour. Yeah. Um, I'll let you guys go first. <laughs> Oh. Uh, I am I am wary of this game. Denver's been playing better lately. Yeah. They're starting to figure out the Millsap thing, and I think they've scored 140 points in their last game. Is yeah, it right? was like 145. They scored 126 in like uh, the half court and 21 in transition. I read a tweet about a that. Wow. 21. Yeah, skate 21, and I was like, mm. this is a fun team. Yeah, Jokic is so Jokic, is so cool. And all the profiles on him, him and his family just seem really <laughs> hilarious yeah. and ridiculous. Um, I also heard the low post with Gary Harris on it, and that actually gave me bring it full circle to to Lonzo. Gary Harris had a horrible y rookie year, 
right. shot like 30% from yeah. the field and 20% from three-point And his lands. coach just straight up told him, you suck. Yeah, in, in, <laughs> yeah. in the end of your review. Yeah, in yeah. your review, he, he had him come in, and he was like, how do you think you did? And yeah. he's like, you were the worst rookie ever. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> what he told It's what he told him. And, and he turned it around. He turned it around. So, yeah, that's my yeah. hope for Lonzo. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's going to be a tough game for you guys. Uh, so we're going to lose. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna lose. I am interested yeah. to see. I am interested to see how Lonzo responds, not in terms of points or all that, but just in terms of like energy, hustling. We want to see his yeah. energy up. All right, Dan, do you want to uh, you want to wrap us up? Bro? It's yeah, it's it, it's gonna be an interesting basketball game. I'm just thinking about like how how many points Denver could put up on this team. It's it's gonna be a lot. Um, We've also lost we our know. way on defense. We yeah, need to get what back. Happened? We need to get back. We need Larry Nance to get his his tuchus back in this ball game. Yeah. How long is he out for? Four to six weeks. Yeah. So another two. Yeah. Two to three. Another two, another two to three. three. He scares me. As a Laker hater, like he's good. He's good. Like, I love his energy. Yeah. He's a defense guy. And you that, need that guy. And that's how you rate. That's how you, as a hater, you see, you know who's good internally by oh, the people that scare you. I got to ask one question before yeah. I wrap it up. Yeah, how does our resident Laker hater feel about Kyle Kuzma? Yeah, uh, the Kuz. Um, yeah, little Kuz control. Great last question. Uh, mixed emotions, and I, and I think that you guys are going to be. I think he's going to be really good because of the fact that I really don't want him to do well right now. <laughs> like internally, I'm like, see, he did have a bad shooting game. They're wrong, but then he keeps playing well, and that's that helps the end goal of them being good. So, um, but I think he's really good. I he knows his role. Like, he just never yeah. steps out of like, – he's, like, the perfect spur without playing on the spurs. Like, he just does what That's he – That's a good one. Yeah. He, yeah. he knows – got to know your skill set, and you got to be able to apply that in the game. And he never – I never feel like he's doing something he can't do. He did the sky hook, and he made it, so now he does sky That hooks. was crazy. Yeah. And he's just decisive. When he gets the ball, he just makes a quick decision. Right. Yeah, and it's always – it seems to be the right one more often than not, which is so rare for a rookie to come in. And I think it was, it was in that Phoenix game where his shot wasn't falling for the first couple of minutes – and then I think he got a layup, or, or he got something in transition, and he was like, "Okay, now I've got it." And it was the next next position, next possession down. Boom! Kuzma left corner, fire, dropped Bang. thirty, Dro- a career high in that yeah. game. Yeah, uh, he just he knew when he got it going, that's when it's time to go. And and on the nights where maybe he doesn't feel like it's falling, he he does other stuff. Uh, not as skilled as Larry Nance on defense, though. No, no, it'll take, he's a rookie. It'll yeah. take some time, but Which I, I, I like think him in the second unit for that reason. He, uh, yeah, I've been amazed with his ability to like just stick with it, even when things don't go well. I don't think he hears the noise. I think he knows that people think he's good, but I don't think he cares, and he just goes for it. So. He's keeping it a hundred. Yeah, one hundred. <laughs> greatest tattoo. <laughs> greatest tattoo. I've, I've been on that. I remember when uh, Eli came back from summer league and he was talking about Kuz. And then I was like, yo, he's got a hundred emoji tattoo. <laughs> and I was like, everything is perfect about this guy. So that is actually the first way, the best way I think to, to wrap up today's show. Uh, Eric, I think I'm going to let you take it out on this one. You brought us I'm in. Bring us at wrapping up. You, you bring us home, Dan. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This is ball in ball out a hoop ball presentation back at you. Uh, probably next weekend. I think we're maybe taking the midweek yeah. off for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I- Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. as well. Thank, I want to take real quick. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you so much for coming oh. on. Anytime when things are going too well, I will be here. Outstanding. <laughs> this is this is our moment of thanks, an early moment of thanks to you as well. We appreciate you coming. Yeah, on. that was great. That was uh, you. You channeled your hatred into into cogent thoughts without making us feel too bad. Yeah, I'm like, was... yeah, I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> <laughs> He's sunny, Doctor Noble. I'm Dan. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving week, everybody. We'll talk to you next Sunday. This was Ball in, Ball out. So long.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.